Joe here with Fit Body Secrets, where I'm here to bring you guys inspiration, education, and a ton of tips to help you guys on your fitness journey. And today's episode, I want to talk about Seco, calories in and calories out, and kind of more so why it's not always that simple. Whereas we know it's that simple, and that's what we're trying to do, that there are so many other factors that go into play, and it's where if you are a client and you're working with a coach and or you're trying to troubleshoot this on your own, there are some things that you really have to try and look at if that simple model isn't working. And when this model works, it's usually because this person is in a really good state. So I'm going to kind of break down a couple of those things today. I actually don't have a whole bunch of notes because I just wanted to kind of talk freeform today. Um, this is one of my favorite topics because it's also something that I don't get to actually explain a lot of. So if you get any value out of this episode, obviously, or any of my episodes, please shoot me a DM, shoot me a message. I would love to hear from you, hear how I am helping you on your journey and what other questions I might be able to offer to help you with. Um, by the way, I think I need to name this coffee mug because it always makes its little cameo in the bottom part of my <laughs> computer. So anyways, without further ado, let's talk a little bit about Seco today. So First and foremost, calories in, calories out. Not going to spend a lot of time talking about that because I feel like most of you guys out there understand that piece of things is that in order to make changes to our body composition, we are going to need to create some kind of a caloric uh, change in that. So if we're looking to build muscle, we are going to be obviously eating in a little bit of a surplus, at least at maintenance. And then if we're looking to lose body fat, we're going to be looking at creating a little bit of a calorie deficit to facilitate fat loss. But why does this not always work? Well, as a coach, the first thing that I'm troubleshooting is, all right, are they actually accurately tracking their calories in? So I will ask questions like, Hey, are you sure you're weighing your food out? Um, how much are you eating out? Because obviously we know there can be some differences there. Are you sure you're not like grabbing random things throughout the day and not realizing it? Cause that is also something that happens because realize guys, most people stress eat and they're not even thinking about it. You know, are you sure you're tracking the cream you're putting in your coffee? I'm always looking at all these other things that could be factoring into like little missteps that we're missing. Um, and then I'm also looking at consistency in the gym. Like, all right, are you training the same amount of days every single week? Is your non-exercise act activity pretty much the same from day to day? Meaning that you're not going from walking, you know, 20,000 steps on a Sunday to like literally sitting behind your desk, you know, from Monday through Saturday. Um, are we seeing consistency in that? Are we seeing, you know, all those things? So I always look at those two things first, mm -hmm. just to troubleshoot, because in my, in my experience, in my opinion, and my preference is I would always love to make it that simple that all we have to do is realize, yeah, honestly, I've been eyeballing my food. So I'm going to use my food scale. And all of a sudden this week, now things start to go in the better direction. So when it's not that simple, though, it's it's not always as easy for the client to understand why these little things are so, so important. And it can be a lot more effort and it's it's more frustrating and it takes longer. And it's just it's really, really, really hard because, you know, as a coach, all I want to do is tell people like, yeah, I can create a calorie deficit and you're going to lose weight. But it doesn't always happen that way. But there are some other things that have to happen. So. My first thing that I'll always do whenever I see that this equation isn't working is I always start with like, let me actually tell you exactly what to eat. And I want you to eat these things for five days because that will help me control calories in. And if something doesn't change, then I know, all right, something's not right. Especially if I know that their calorie input is where it needs to be. So if you are fortunate enough to be one of these people that actually has really good results with calories in, calories out and or macros or anything like, anything like that, it usually means a couple of things, a number of things. 
One is you likely have not been on a diet in a very long time. So you haven't tried to control calories. You haven't been, you know, been strict restricting. You haven't done any of that stuff in a very long time, if ever at all. So you probably, you know, just kind of think of it this way. You're, you're coming, think of it this way. The first time most people try and lose weight, they're pretty darn successful. They're pretty darn successful for that first month because they've never experienced it before. This means your metabolism, even though you might be having some negative effects of obviously having too much body fat, you are in a good place to release stored energy. Your body's going to respond really well to every change you make. It's everything is going to be fresh to it. And think of it like your first week in CrossFit, man, everything feels like crap, but you also start to adapt pretty quickly. You know, the empty bar that was heavy day one is now a little bit lighter day two or day three. So all that stuff happens a lot quicker. So if you've never dieted before, you usually are pretty successful that first time around. And that's awesome. Um, now when it goes haywire is when you haven't, or you have dieted a lot before and, or you've spent a lot of time, you know, restricting your calories or, you know, when obviously there's a lot of resiliency to change, you know, and your, and your food choices aren't going to be good. And we're going to kind of go into that a little bit more as we get going, but when we need to troubleshoot is when calories in calories out doesn't really matter. So, and this is where I want to start with saying the main purpose of this episode is getting you guys to understand one concept is even though most people out there are frustrated with a lack of fat loss because calories in calories out is not working. We need to get you to understand that in order for you to lose weight, weight loss cannot be the focus. It doesn't mean it won't happen right away. It will happen. This doesn't mean it will happen right away. It just means that in order for us to get you to lose body fat, to, to see those improvements in your body, that we need to get you back to homeostasis and baseline to allow your body to recognize that it's okay to release whatever body fat you want to lose. And this is where number one, you have got to commit to saying, all right, I'm not fucking around. I'm going to do the nutrition. I'm going to do the training. And that's the most important thing because those are the two things that you can focus on. And if you're focusing on those two things, then we can really work on all the other stuff. So what that's the main thing that I want to get out of this. So let's talk about some optimization stuff to figure out why calories in calories out might not matter. So my cat's coming to say hello to my coffee. Jackie, you want to say hi to people on camera? No, I'm just going to wait for me to feed you again. By the way, my cat, he's got a very fast metabolism. He could eat all day. Um, <laughs> anyways, so first and foremost, let's talk a little bit about, I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time talking about, but like metabolic adaptations, uh, metabolic adaptations happen, not quickly, but they happen over time based on changes in our lifestyle, based on changes in what we're eating, based on changes in our training and all these different things. So our body's always going to be trying to troubleshoot whatever's going in based on whatever's going out. So whatever food and energy you're putting in and whatever, however you're using that throughout the day, we use that energy a number of ways. Obviously, Jack, you need to get down right now. Sorry. My cat just wants to keep jumping on my lap and I don't want him up here while I'm trying to do this. Um, obviously we use that energy in a number of ways. So, you know, not just in the gym, but how we move throughout the day. If you're sitting behind a desk all day, you know, you're obviously not getting a lot of metabolic stress from that, but you might be getting a lot of mental stress that requires energy. You know, if you're getting a lot of emotional stress, it's going to require energy. It's, it's all these different things along with, you know, inflammation markers. So like we can talk about digestive stressors and all that, those types of things, your body is always adapting to all of these different things that are going on in your day-to-day -day life. So if, you know, for instance, you spent 30 days, you know, really cleaning up your diet and then you got busy and now you're eating a bunch of processed foods, 
your body's going to adapt the types of food you're eating. There's, there's so many things going on when we talk about adaptations that people focus on two things, calories in and calories out. And it's not always just that simple. And, and the next thing about, that I want to talk about with the metabolism is that your metabolism is not this like static thing. It's, it's a moving target and that's because it's always adapting. So we have to realize we're chasing a tail if we are never controlling what we can, can control. So it's really important that routine becomes part of your plan of your routine life, whatever you want to live for the rest of your life. Yes, there's going to be seasons that change, but for a period of time, you have to commit to a routine and not just for three to six weeks, but for like a year to two years. Like my routine is I work out Monday through Friday. I rest on Saturday and Sunday. My routine is, you know, I eat this way and whatever. And I have two meals out a week, whatever that routine is going to look like for you. You know, most people are focusing on, but I don't want to track my macros for two years. You don't have to track your macros for two years, but what you're eating and how you're training should look pretty simple, whether you're tracking it or not. And that's the really important thing is that you have to have consistency in your life in order to see that. It's also why developing a plan that is actually sustainable for you is so important because what you do for two to six weeks isn't going to matter. It's not going to, your body's going to adapt, but not long enough for it to, to stick. So we've got to have that long-term plan. So this is where calories in, calories out aren't always the, the, the simple things to fix on. So number one, here's what I want to talk to you guys about or get out of this episode as well is, is understanding that this is kind of a checklist for you. So if you can check these things off the box as yay or nay, um, it's going to help you realize if you are actually in fact ready to be in a fat loss phase. So you might not be ready for a fat loss phase. You might need a priming phase, which is a very hard part for people to realize. And that's why I want to kind of talk about this almost like a little bit of prereqs for you. So I'm going to start with nutrition because that's probably the one that you guys are going to be probably wanting to know a little bit more about, obviously, because that's what people focus on is that it's not just the calories. It, it, this is where, you know, calories in can kind of play a factor that people don't understand. So number one, calories in, um, are going to be affected by a number of things. So the, amount of food that we actually digest is different than the mood, the food we ingest. So we ingest food, we digest food. So not everything we ingest gets digested and actually stored. Some things actually passed right through us. That's where like fiber comes in. And that's where that whole net carb bullshit came in, but don't even pay attention to that. But the main thing is that there are foods out there that are also going to be more thermic and thermic effective feeding. So they're going to actually require more energy and higher in nutrients. So they're going to be feeding your body the things it needs and things that are void of those things. And so this is where the types of foods you eat play a factor in the ability to lose fat and, or whatever your goal is, maybe building muscle is the types of nutrients you're taking in does play a factor in that. So it's not that it calories don't matter. So it's not saying that the calories from broccoli doesn't matter as much as calories from rice. It's just saying that they all matter. Calories all matter, but some are going to be a little bit more of a benefit to your metabolism than others. So some are going to be better for the body, optimizing hormones and stuff like that, whereas others are going to be void of that. So it's not just calories. I want you guys to think about this as, I almost want to change the word to nutrients in, is how many nutrients are you taking in versus calories? So it's not saying that there's no empty calories, but are you getting in enough nutrient-dense foods? That should be a diet based around 80% lean proteins, veggies, starchy carbs from things like sweet potatoes, whole grains, rice, fruits, things like that. A healthy dose of things like avocados. I want you to think for those of you guys out there that are CrossFitters, paleo-ish um, with actually uh, allowing yourself a little bit more of the grain-based stuff as well. Simple ingredients, 
one or two ingredients on the label, if having a label at all, and really getting the bulk of your foods from simple one ingredient foods. It's like, it should be just rice. It should be just chicken. It should be just sweet potato and building combinations of foods together. So you can make a meal that is multiple ingredients, but it shouldn't be, you know, these cookies that are, you know, Oreos or whatever. That's great. That's great. It fits the plan. It's if it fits your macros, right? But if if you're filling your carbs and fats with Oreos all the time, you're missing all of those nutrients. So that's really, really important. That it's not just calories and macros. It's also micros. So a prerequisite, in my opinion, and this is all opinion-based, but also trying to optimize if calories in, calories out isn't working. So this is where I go into, these are the next steps, is look at your food quality, okay? If you're filling your food quality with lack of nutrients and it's just really dense things, start by cleaning up your food quality hands down. And it's why my approach is always two-part, quality and quantity. I don't believe that people should be living in if it fits your macros lifestyle, because I don't think that it's conducive to producing a healthy metabolism and a healthy long-term program that's going to give you longevity in life and optimizing everything. So I want you to feel fucking amazing. <laughs> amazing. So that's the plan. So looking at your macros, looking or your micros, but also now looking at your macros. So if you're doing calories, and you're not tracking the macros and making sure you're getting a good blend of things for your type of lifestyle, your type of stress levels, all those things. These are the simple things, right? How much protein are you getting in? Guys, if you cannot eat your body weight and protein, you should not be in a fat loss phase, hands down. If you can't hit your protein, there is no reason for you to be in a fat loss phase. That should be the easiest number for you to hit, hands down. And so until you can get your protein up, you should not even be trying to lose weight. That should be the number one thing. And it's why the first week of working with me, I'm like, hit your protein, hit your calories. Because I got to get that person to get enough calories. Of all the macros, that is the one that will be the same for pretty much the rest of your life. It's not, unless you start to all of a sudden put on a lot more muscle or you lose a little bit of muscle, which I'd probably bump your protein up then. But for the most part, that number doesn't change. So get used to it. That should be the easiest number for you to hit. Um, so that's a little bit about the nutrition. Now I'm going to kind of go into the second piece of the nutrition that can kind of mess things up with the metabolism and the calories in calories out model and where we can kind of run into problems is some people do have a really high quality diet. Some people do have calorie control. Um, some people, you know, and I haven't even gotten into the training aspect of it, but some people do have a routine training schedule and, or routine lifestyle, but they've spent years and years and years dieting or trying to diet on and off for some people since they were kids, eight, 10, 12 years old, always trying to figure out how to lose weight. And that is a recipe for metabolic adaptation. It is a huge stressor on the body from a hormonal perspective, from a gut perspective, from a psychological perspective, from a nutrition perspective, nutrients perspective, once again, getting in enough nutrients all of these things. And when your body's void of nutrients, it is likely not going to want to release nutrients hands down. So it's not going to release calories if it doesn't have enough calories available. So your body is trying to use every bit of that energy for what it needs to do, which is literally sustained living. It's trying to keep the lights on upstairs. So chronic dieting is probably one of the hardest things. The other thing about this chronic dieting model is that people tend to go through periods where they chronically undereat and they overeat, which creates more of a recipe for excess body fat, because now your body is like, holy shit, I am so hungry. Think of it like a freaking dried up sponge in a desert. 
And it's going to literally want to soak up all of that stuff. And once and it's when you, when you overeat, you're like, man, I feel like I just want to lay on the couch and nap likely part of the reason. So you have to realize chronic dieting is really, really affecting you. It's affecting your overeating. It's, it's likely affecting the psychological need to overeat and also, you know, negatively impacting your metabolism and your ability, ability to lose weight, which is why people that haven't ever dieted are usually more successful. My coffee is amazing today. Love it. You guys don't mind that I stop and take a couple of coffee breaks here and there. It's, it gives me a second to breathe because I know I'm, I'm a fast talker too, especially when I get passionate about a subject. Um, all right. So here's the next piece of this chronic dieting problem that we run into is that people that have been chronic and chronically dieting for like five, 10, 15 years, you know, they're like, all right, like I'm ready to lose weight. And they come to me and they come to a different coach and their literally metabolism is just fucking broken. And they want to see, they wonder how long it's going to take to like reverse. Like, how do we get this back up? Well, first we have to get you to baseline. We have to fix and optimize your nutrition. We have to get you to a base to work from. And getting you to base is going to be up to you. How fast can we get you up to maintenance calories? How fast can we build up that metabolism, you know, compliance? How fast does your metabolism respond to the changes in the food? Because I can't rush somebody that's been, if you've been eating a thousand calories and I'm trying to get you up to 2,500, that's not going to happen fast because I don't want you to put on a bunch of excess body fat, right? I just talked about how that can create excess body fat. I have to do it in a gradual way. So it takes time. Eight weeks is probably the quickest I would see it really happen. Um, but we're looking at anywhere from 12 to 16 weeks. And that's not always fun. It's not always fun to commit to dialing in your nutrition. But then again, maybe it could be fun because maybe if you're dialing in your nutrition without the expectations of the scale going down, now you realize that, hey, like this is living my life for the next 20 years, eating what I'm supposed to be eating to feel good and not trying to fucking kill myself. Like, right. So it's like, but it, it takes time, you know? So you have to realize you have to be committed to changing, you know, the way you're eating and you have to be ready to dial in macros and micros, eating more food, eating higher quality food, getting in enough nutrition. Uh, second piece of this is your lifestyle in terms of your fitness routine. Fitness routines need to be consistent for everybody. It doesn't mean that they all have to look the same, but everybody should have a fitness routine. I am a 100% believer in sitting is the new smoking and that most people sit entirely too much and spend entirely too much working and stressing and not enough time doing things that are going to stress their body for a positive way. So ideally, I think most people should train every single day, um, at least 20 minutes. And when I say that, I don't mean that they should be in the gym every single day for 20 minutes. You should be moving your body every single day. I think five of those days should be worked up to structured training with resistance training, with some metabolic conditioning, CrossFit. I'm a believer in CrossFit. You don't have to do CrossFit. You do bodybuilding. Great. Uh, you do that. You're going to do your cardio afterwards. Totally fine. But you've got to be getting in some stimulus there. Um, I don't really love like the really quick, like five, 10 minute workouts that are like, you know, I just hit this quick workout and then I'm done. Like, I actually think you need a training, like a actual workout where it's not just a quick dose. So if you do do CrossFit, um, uh, I personally think that most people need a little bit more than just a 21, 15, nine that, and most of you guys that are doing it in class are going to get that you're going to get a structured warm up, with some activation stuff. You're going to get the workout. You're going to get some skill work and a, and a cool down. That's typically what I re recommend for everybody. So building that up is important. So if you're trying to fix, and this is where a lot of you guys are going to fall into a spectrum of, of this chronic dieting. I can't lose weight. It doesn't matter what I drop calories to. 
you know this is you if you know your caloric output or your caloric needs based on an, a calculator are like, let's just say it's telling you that your caloric needs are 2,200 and you've been eating 15 to 1,600 calories and you didn't fall into the first category of people that aren't tracking things right or you're tracking sometimes, but not all the time. Um, you know that for like, you can say that for like three weeks, you consistently tracked everything 100% and nothing changed. This is probably the category that you fall into. And it's not an easy category to be into, but I promise you, once you commit to making the changes, you're going to feel so much better and happy that you did, because you're going to notice that other things start to improve, even if the weight doesn't improve right away, meaning sleep, stress, um, structure, your reactivity to stress. Um, your mood throughout the day, how much energy you have, your motivation to do things throughout your day, the way you're showing up in your life, all of that's going to start to change because most of these people are not walking around feeling their best. They might think they feel good, but they don't realize how much good, how, how they feel. Um, all right. So chronic dieting is a huge one. It takes time to fix. Um, and then the next couple of things that I want to kind of go over is one of them is psychological and emotional stressors and factors. People don't realize how much our mindset plays a factor into our metabolism as well. That is a huge stressor. So think about it this way. How does being emotional affect your appetite, right? It's creating like changes in, and how hungry some people lose their appetite. Some people get a ravenous appetite. Um, those are also metabolic stressors. So if you have a lot of stress in your life, this is also going to make it a little bit more difficult. It doesn't mean that you can't lose weight, that you can't control calories in calories out, but it just means that there are going to be factors that are going to affect your calories being burned. It's going to affect how your body's using calories. Um, and I'm not going to go too down the rabbit hole in this one, but I just want to kind of point that one out. Cause this is one of the, I think of that one as like one of the one or one to 5%. The big one is the chronic dieting. Next one is um, going to go into obviously training frequency and training modalities and your ability to recover from that. So if you're chronically stressing out your body with a lot of high intensity training and you're not giving your body enough recovery, you're obviously, you're also probably slowing down your body's caloric output throughout the other parts of your day. Yeah. So uh, this is like those of you guys that are going hard in the gym at like 5 a.m. And you notice that by 7 or 8 a.m. you eat your breakfast and then you're like already bonking and like your day is like really sluggish. You actually might be doing a little too much and that we might need to take things out a little bit to give you more activity or more less intensity and more volume to kind of allow you to kind of be a little bit more steady state throughout the day, or just making it more of a, a conscious effort to get up and move throughout the day, which can create more of a stressor on the body to create more of a calorie expenditure without being too hard on the body. So definitely watching that as well. Um, but another couple of big ones that I want to talk to you guys about is um, obviously one that people are most familiar with, which is going to be hormonal changes. So People focus a lot on my hormones are the reason I can't lose weight. Whereas in reality, the hormones are likely causing some changes in the body that are making it more difficult, but the hormones being out of whack are a reaction to other things, which is usually stressors from nutrition, from training, from life, from lack of sleep, all of these different things. So once again, it comes down to improving some lifestyle things to fix the hormones, not that along with having excess body fat can cause hormonal changes. And, and that's a whole other rabbit hole to go down into, but like having excess body fat is going to create changes in your, in your hormone profile. Um, which is like, well, I have to lose weight. I can't lose weight because it's calories in calories out. Is it working for me? So where do I start Cheryl? Well, you start with figuring out the lifestyle stuff. And this is not easy for people. It's the same thing though. I, the last one I had put down was inflammation. 
is like inflammation is a huge thing. People are like always looking at cutting out food groups to remove inflammation. Like that's not going to work. Like there is very few because people out there, I will be honest, they've tried, they've done whole 30. They've done this. They might see slight improvements, but it comes down to inflammation comes from so many things. A lot of it comes from stress, sitting too much throughout the day, training too much, you know, like there's so many things stressing too much. We've got to bring down that systemic inflammation. And that really comes down to, you know, looking at, all right, are you walking throughout the day? Are you moving throughout the day? Are you sitting behind a desk all day? Cause that's going to cause inflammation. It's not allowing your mitochondria to build or to circulate and, and to, I'm sorry, to, it's not allowing your, your body to circulate and allow mitochondria to build and all these types of things. So we got to really look at inflammation as it's not this food thing. It's this, it's a, it's a lifestyle thing. And we've got to improve that you know, getting enough exercise, not too much, you know, that sweet spot for metabolic conditioning or metabolic stress, you know? So the main, I know this episode is a little bit more of a topic of a talk because it's, it's so important for you guys to understand is I want to leave it with this. Okay. If you know that you have been watching your caloric intake, tracking macros, and you are consistent with your training, you can knock both of those things off. Like you can look back at the last month and you're like, I have been hitting these numbers within a range for the last no missed days for the last 28 days, along with my activity level has been the same and I am stuck. And it seems like this always happens to me whenever I try and dial it in. This is where we need to start. Okay. Number one, nutrition. Look at your food quality. Look at how much of it you're eating. Look at your fiber content. Look at your water and dial all of those things to optimize So get out of the calorie deficit, get your body to baseline, get your body to maintenance. And you likely don't know what that is. Tangent. Most people assume, well, I'm not losing weight at these calories. So this must be maintenance calories. No, your body has adapted to those calories. Let's look at how much you should be burning throughout the day. And let's build that metabolism up to there. So we're going to get you to that maintenance calories and we're going to stay there for a short period of time. We got to make sure that we get you feeling good. Biofeedback should, should improve. Digestion should improve. The, your workouts should be feeling a little bit more intense. You should be having more energy throughout the day. All those things should start to improve. So we want to look at that and getting the macros and the micros dialed in. That should be so easy, so easy for you that you don't have to stress about it. It should not be a stressor on your life. You shouldn't feel stressed by tracking your food. You should feel good about it because you're getting enough calories in. Um, and then number two, looking at your diet history. So if you've been dieting for a very, very long time and stuck, then you need to commit to spending some time working on rebuilding the metabolism and it might take a little bit longer. And the only way to know this is to experiment a little bit. And I would say a minimum of four to six weeks and then kind of testing and then trying it again. If it didn't work in four to six weeks, you'd like need a little bit longer. So go a little bit longer. So, um, and then dialing in your training, making sure that you're getting enough training in to support obviously positive changes. So you're getting stronger, you're getting fitter. And that's consistent and that you're also looking at your movement outside of just the gym. How much are you walking throughout the day? How much are you moving throughout the day? So some people don't count steps, but do you get up and take a 10 minute walk at least two or three times a day? If you're sitting behind your desk all day, making a a daily routine and a habit that, so, you know, here's what I'm looking at nutrition and training, a daily and a weekly routine of consistent treat eating, consistent movement. My workout days, my daily activity is the same every single day. And it's the place that I want it to be where I feel like I'm healthy. I'm, I'm doing good things for my body and I feel good. And then we can kind of look at obviously optimizing things like any kind of inflammation markers or hormone, hormone changes that we are seeing that we might need to improve 
with some supplementation. Um, but for the most part, those two things factor in. And then the last thing and the most important thing that I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to take a big sip before this one. All right. So I talked about nutrition. I talked about stress, talked about chronic dieting, talked about training. People do not understand the importance of sleep and recovery. So when you're sleeping, your body is working. It's working to do a lot of stuff metabolically, repairing, rebuilding muscle tissue, you know, producing hormones, all the things it can't do when you're up and moving and all those types of things. It's where people that believe in intermittent fasting as a protocol will look at that like, is this a way because my body's not digesting food that it can work on all these things? That's not what your body needs. Your body needs sleep, not not fasting. Fasting is actually going to create some cortisol issues. If you're already chronically underfed, we don't want fasting right now. We want sleep and recovery. Now, everybody's going to be at a different place. And the first feedback I get is, I got a full-time job. I got kids. I got, I, I got, I got no time. You're right. Most people are on very, very, very short amount of time, but it's wrong to think that that's the way life should be. We should not be living lifestyles that literally fill our every single day. And I'm going to be honest. I relate. Okay. I relate more than, you know, more than you guys know, because I'm always doing something or I'm thinking about doing something, but it's literally almost burned me into the ground a number of times. And I can be full and transparent with you that it, it has to where I've been emotionally and physically exhausted and I've watched myself regress. So here's my, my tips for you. Okay. If you know you are sleep deprived, all right, you need to look at setting yourself up for the day better. Meaning if you know that you're sleep deprived because you don't have time to sleep, well, there's two reasons for this. I can, if you don't have time to sleep, start with the morning. In the morning, decide on the last thing you have to do for the day. And after that is done, nothing else gets done and set a time for that. And that is going to help you so much because if you do that one step, now you can kind of backtrack from there. And guess what? You guys are probably going to be like, I can't fit all this in the day because you probably shouldn't. <laughs> There's probably some things that are probably going to wait. The little tedious tasks that you think you have to get done, like the laundry has to be folded, like you got to scroll through Instagram, like you got to go check the mail. I'm being honest, cut shit out, cut shit out. That doesn't matter. And give yourself, and if you have an extra 20 minutes at the end of the day and you want to do it, when that last task is done, do it. But have that plan in place. If you can only get a small amount of sleep, optimizing the quality of that sleep matters. So make sure that you're sleeping in a very dark place with very cold, you know, dark and cold is what you want. Um, and that you're trying not look at a bunch of, you know, stimulating lights before bed, because that's going to just make you wake up a lot quicker. So we want to have that nice restful sleep now. Second piece of this is if your sleep is disrupted, not by choice, meaning that you just can't sleep, that's a sign that all this stuff is what you need, that sleep should improve if you are dialing in your nutrition. And this is what you guys need. And I know it's what you guys need to hear. And I know it's not always fun. And this is why sometimes mm -hmm. calories in calories out is what you guys are focusing on. But as a coach, I am troubleshooting so many other things. So hopefully this episode was a little bit eye-opening for you guys. If you guys have any questions about anything, you want to hear more about anything, please let me know. I'll talk to y'all soon.